Hello there. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. I'm your host, Deck, and I'm joined by Claudia with a K and Key. On today's episode, we wanted to talk about Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Let's see it, sure. So, guys, what did you think the story was? Well, considering I have not seen the first one, I can sum up the story as Miles Morales. <laughs> okay, let's go again. I can sum up the story as Miles Morales, neighborhood-friendly Spider-Man, fights bird-like creature with talent to sketch like Leonardo da Vinci. Or was it Gwen who fought it? I can't remember. And then the Spider-Man for sure fights a man with a white latex suit with black blobs. He then meets his friend, potential girlfriend, Gwen, with a fancy watch. We learn that Gwen has a secret. Then they teleport to a different verse to meet Indian Spider-Man. And then... There, there's some riots and lots of Spider-Man appear out of nowhere. And then Peter Parker has a child. We also see a bit where he is surrounded by like different Spider-Man versions and Big Chase start to kill him to, of course, save the universe. So everything has been happening so fast that I only picked up on these things. And this is also the pace of the movie and how many things are happening at once. But um, Key, would you like to give a more professional description of this story? Uh, so I guess to kind of sum it up and not dive too much into story things, just people who haven't seen it yet. Across the Spider-Verse picks up where the previous movie left off with Miles seeing Gwen again after believing they were separated forever. But there is more to their meeting than we first think and possible ramifications. This film does pick up quite a bit from the last movie and does build upon beats that were present in that, including some callbacks that we would not have expected. And I think builds upon it in a good way. Thank you guys for a very descriptive and quick-paced introduction to the story of Spider-Man. Um, so, what did we like about it, or was there anything that we did like about this film? So, generally speaking, I'm not a big fan of animated stuff, but I have to admit this one was just different. Um, to me, it, it kind of felt like pages from the comics, but like animated. You get the idea. Um, I do have to say there's no pauses. Uh, it's like a race, just like a quick flick of comic book pages is the best way um, I can describe it. But it is quite interesting. Don't get me wrong. Um, I mean, I absolutely admire it for its color comp composition. It's just outstanding. Perfect balance of colors. Just absolute chef's kiss, um, I guess, um, how I'm going to describe it. Um, I was quite amazed with the level of details packed uh, in this animation. Like, normally we know it's not real. And we can kind of forgive certain things not being accurate. But like, no, 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 no. They went all in. You can see small, like, kind of faded dots on character faces and costumes. And since we're talking about um, dots, um, I actually played a little game in my head while watching the movie. So um, I called it 
spot painting references. Um, so I am not sure if this was intentional or if just my mind was playing tricks. Uh, so you'll either love it or hate it. But um, obviously I have noticed Da Vinci references. So his kind of writing from sketches, a uh, similar color scheme. Don't forget that the fight scene actually take uh, takes place at the Guggenheim. So one of New York's uh, most famous and architecturally striking art museums. You can also see Jeff Koons uh, blue balloon dog sculpture when uh, Vulture slashes his head off. Um, fun fact about it. Uh, there's also a joke in there. So Coons uh, himself once described the balloon dog as a Trojan horse uh, that holds a secret. But it's uh, up to you to figure out what it is. Um, then by the end of the fight scene um, at the Guggenheim, um, is basically reduced to a pile of rubble. Uh, to which uh, a bystander uh, kind of responds, is this Banksy? So obvious reference there. Um, there's also a scene where Miles looks at the kind of cityscape or rooftop of a nearby building. And um, I, I remember, Deck, we were chatting about it afterwards, that it really reminded me of David Hockney's uh, pool paintings with the kind of the way the water uh, was sitting on the roof. Um, and my final one is related to close up of characters. So remember when I told you about the faded dots on their faces and clothes? So that really, really reminds me of Liechtenstein, uh, style of work, like, um, Crying Girl. Google it afterwards. Um, it's quite interesting. Uh, but based on kind of my observations, I'm thinking, perhaps by referencing all these artists and outstanding animation, like are the creators trying to kind of make their own mark on art history? Uh, like, you know, uh, I want to play with you guys too. Um, but, you know, if that was their intention, they absolutely uh, nailed it. Key, uh, what are the bits of the movie you liked? But I did quite like how this movie covers how Miles has grown into his role as Spider-Man of his universe. Visually, it creates so many unique styles for the different Spider-Man, with some variants having very interesting styles used. And this diversity really does hammer home how diverse and infinite this multiverse can be. And all the different kind of realities there could be as well. The use of colour for Spider-Gwen was particularly interesting for me and many times her style is noticeably different from everyone else even in her own universe. This really helps show visually how she doesn't feel like she fits in with anyone, even her own closest friends and family in her universe. And I think this kind of messaging brought through its art is really good for the film and it is a good direction for films to take in general. Oh no, I think they're really, really good points. Um, but even just to kind of go over with the animation, I adore the animation in this film. I could even say it's a Marvel in a animation again, uh, similar to the first one, pun intended. Um, but I enjoyed it loads with, you know, similar to the first one, I think the pace, it's just, it's so energetic. Um, and it, it it does kind of give this kind of a, a great energy keep kind of going. It's like, you know, now there is bits of that that I didn't like, which I'll discuss later. But with the likes, I do, you know, it is so vibrant with the color and with the animation that it's 
it just pops. It just pops in so many ways. And that there is a scene where there is, I suppose, hundreds and hundreds of Spider-Men and just each of them having their own little distinct colour um, and identity was a really good standout. Even when there's a lot of them running together, you could still only pick out a handful of them, even in the background. Um, so something like that, I, I really, really enjoyed about this film. Also, the soundtrack. I'm somebody that, if the soundtrack does stick with me, I'm going to be listening to it the minute I get home, or I'm going to be listening to it the day after. And with this one, like, the opening song, I think, was just a perfect way to kind of introduce, you know, was a quiet bit of a drums and then slowly picking up. It's like kind of easing you in. Um, and very similar use towards the end of the film with the with the soundtrack was just this chaotic of like we're building you know that you know it, it, this is it it's, it's it's really hooking you in um just the energy of it all really was just amazing with a soundtrack and um i know my co-hosts have referenced it already but there is a, a chase scene in the middle of the film and the soundtrack used for that is similar to what um the composer daniel premerton used um for for some of his other works primarily the the king arthur film the guy Ritchie king arthur film that he did a couple of years ago where there was a few chases in that and the soundtrack basically just had this heavy breathing of a chase and i was so glad i kind of used it here as well but if you listen to the soundtrack on a headset or something like that you will get that little bit in your left ear a little bit in your right ear it's creating this energy of like oh no you know there's a chase (laughs) there is chaotic it's everyone needs to chase everyone kind of a feeling um and also i think the voice acting was was extremely crisp uh everyone's on top here uh similar to the first one i i always kind of thought oh this voice acting is really really smooth um to the point where i was always kind of looking at oh who voiced who who voiced that character and with this one i was kind of in the same category of these guys are really nailing these characters it's really engaged and that's also a credit to the script as well um and i think my last point with my kind of likes at the moment is i think this is the best use of a multiverse that we've kind of had i'm a big fan of doctors the, the second doctor strange film um and I, I i think spider-man in general has managed the multiverse quite well the the live action one with the three spider-men was good and these two are pretty good, you know. There's a Spider-Verse and I think they're handling it pretty well. It's it's not beating you over the head with references or anything like that. It's rewarding you as an audience. Um, unlike some other multiverse films that have come out in the past where here's a cheap cameo. Uh, there was a bit where all like Spider-Men start pointing at each other. I've, I've seen both of you giggling at that bit as well. Uh, yeah, that was even referenced in a post credit in the last one. It was, it's yeah. It's a very classic meme where they had, was it three different Spider-Men apparently cross Just, over. We're all trying to point at each other now yeah. in the room, trying to recreate the meme. But yeah, no, I think the way it was just done in this one was just like, dial it up, but don't... Spinal oh. tap. Yeah. <laughs> dial up <laughs> to dial it level. up, like, yeah. Uh, which I loved, like, I mean, yeah. I, I could feel the audience, like, I'm... When we saw it, it was nearly close to a full house. And I think that was one of the scenes that got one of the biggest laughs um, that evening. Yeah, one that I think got a bit of laughs, but maybe flew over some people's heads 
in Not Too Far After was the mix of Spider-Man of various Ds, including one 2D or almost 1D with no actual depth <laughs> taken yeah. out of the very old animated cartoon. <laughs> and as well, actually, one point of the soundtrack, this one, it is amazing. And after the last one, it would really have to be because that set such a high bar. But thinking back at the movie, do you think there was maybe any single recurring bit of music that stood out as much as the Prowler's music did and with that impact it had in the first movie? I I think so. I think um, Gwen Stacy's team, it's kind of like that little kind of rock, you know, of like, I I think the song is, you know, getting a band together um, that's listed on the soundtrack and her her little intro, it kind of plays. And anytime it's kind of hinting at that, it kind of gets that little bit louder, more kind of stronger rock. And when it's used at the end, it is that proper kick of like, we do get a variation of the Prowler's team. And then it seeps right into this where I'm like, use what was working previously and now just up it. And I think that's the the key thing here. It's This film definitely falls into the category of Empire Strikes Back, Golf Order Part 2. Uh, Terminator 2 sequel territory of like the first one's really really good really really good but the second one we're going really really big and we're going to leave you on a little bit of a cliffhanger um, so now I think bringing that soundtrack element really really it's it's a strong identity I think throughout yeah I think you can't really blame the creators on that one because they work so hard for so long to get that first movie made and they were so validated when it became a hit i think it became more of a hit at home release though yeah it, it didn't seem to do quite well at the the box office at the time but i remember even chatting with a, a you know one of my co-hosts here already but it definitely afterwards word of mouth really kind of traveled you know you found it on netflix you found it on dvd or blu-ray people were just like oh i heard this was good and i'm it's a shame i missed it in the cinema um so yeah i think you if you did catch it in the cinema that time you were definitely blessed because it was a beautiful 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 film and the second one is definitely we wanted to reward the audience for that of yeah see it on the biggest screen you can like yeah i think it was definitely around people's best of lists even there you could say up to last year this film the first I think people's best of lists, even coming up to last year, the first film was being picked by so many people as a really good example. And that's really, I think, driven people back to rewatch the first one. Oh, no, definitely, definitely. Even after seeing this, I was itching to go back and watch the first one. Um, I think the first one is one of the best Spider-Man films made. Um, it would slot in and around with the Tobey Maguire ones. And this one falls right into that category as well with it. So, we've talked about what we liked. Is there anything we didn't like about this film? Um, considering that I was not uh, amongst the, the, the kind of lucky ones that seen the first one um, at the cinema, I think due to kind of my own doing, I did not register half of the references. So the kind of the backstory of a spot man, for example, like that nearly went over my head and to a point where like I even had to ask um, Deck at the cinema to fill me in very quickly. Uh, so yeah, definitely enjoyed it less because um, at times I was just lost. Um, another thing I kind of enjoyed less, which I already kind of hinted at, was the pace of the movie. It 
kind of felt like a I don't know, binge watching a movie at double speed. Um, so, you know, you didn't kind of have a chance to, to pause and breathe and go back. Um, so like even now I'm, I'm kind of asking myself, is it the story that the creators wanted to tell or showcase the animation? Um, and at the same time kind of sacrificing the story. But Deck, what are your thoughts? Um, so yeah, with the pacing, it does, it does just go. Like there is, there is no take a breath and relax a second. It can be a bit exhausting at times, um, and it, it it just keeps on going. But I feel like I'll come around to it after the third one. Will it slot in well enough as a trilogy? Uh, because where does third act? There isn't really a a third act resolution. So what way it's kind of going? It's kind of hard to say. Of like. Okay, will, will it, you know, will, will it sit together with a third film in there? Will the pacing of this work better for it? Um, and I mean, the the multiverse can at times feel like a bit of a weight on the story, where that is kind of the main plot and it is kind of holding it together. Even though I did say my likes, it is definitely one of the stronger multiverse stuff. It is still weighed down by it in the sense that you do need to explain things. There is a scene where it is just, we need to explain what's going on here. Um, and I suppose that's probably one of the scenes where it does give you that moment to take a bit of a breath. But even at that, you're nearly thrown right back into the chase and the action and the chaotic energy. That may, it, it does just feel that like we had to do this where I think it may have been easier to trickle the stuff throughout the film. Um... For, for sure and for myself yeah i have to agree with both my co-hosts here the pacing here is very intense for a lot of the movie and that lack of letting things sit for a while it's not really working in favor of the movie i understand they get so many references in and that is a nice thing to see but i think the sacrifice there it's a little bit much for my liking I also feel this movie lacks a little bit on the final resolution as it doesn't quite build up and then close out as you typically see in a movie structure. We know this film has been split into parts now. They didn't pull a dune and just kind of seemingly cut midway through story and wait a week to announce that there is a planned (laughs) continuation. So we have a bit of future resolution to be seen. And whether this works for the film, I think that time will tell as it needs more time to kind of reflect upon and to see how that second part comes along and closes it out and how does this fit into the overall story arc that they're going to tell over three movies and how it kind of connects up with the others and how it becomes the bridge between the first to the third I also feel the narrative here doesn't quite hit as deep as the first movie, but I understand that's a very high bar, and even still, this movie, it does still hit quite well with what it's trying to do, but it does feel a bit more like they're trying to fit that in with all these fast-paced action scenes and references. Like, you could say the film moves miles a minute ha 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 hilarious 
So anyway, we're going to move on to our rating section. <laughs> do one of my co-hosts want to explain our rating system or do you want me to do it? Because c- I'll do this very quickly. So we've got a three-tier rating system. It is our lowest is don't see it. What we mean by don't see it is this might not be a film for you. It might be a really bad film. We just didn't enjoy it. And that that's, of course, subjective to each of our own opinions, of course, on the films. Our second tier is a maybe see it. This is a middle tier. Maybe see it. Got a free afternoon, free evening. Sure, why not? Or it might not normally be everyone's kind of cup of tea. And it is just kind of that, like, maybe. And then our top rating, our highest rating that we can give a film, is see it. And that is, yeah, just see it. We couldn't recommend more to see it. It's a masterpiece. It's the greatest film ever made. Things like that. Uh, Now, again, of course... I could say see it, Claudia could see don't see it, and Key could see maybe see it. So you can obviously make up your own minds then, but that is our rating system. It is don't see it, lowest tier, maybe see it, middle tier, and see it, or top tier. So, Claudia, do you want to give us your rating first? Um, yeah, for me, it's um, surprisingly see it. Um, to be honest with you, like if you're into animation, color compositions, art, comic books, yet you're kind of longing for something different than typical Marvel movie, like go for it. Um, but then if you're like me and you're not a big fan of animation, but you want to give it a try, it's definitely like definitely a good one to to see it because it is currently, in my opinion, the best animation you can um, see in this day and age well maybe kind of watch the first one and then the second so you're not lost like me but you know what I mean Um, then for those who are into kind of shooty shooty bang bang or I should kind of say chasey chase swing swing because it's like Spider-Man after all you're definitely going to enjoy it and do you know what even to to a degree uh, the more kind of emotional parts like coming of age, finding love, missing a friend and all that stuff, you will enjoy these bits too. Um, And I mean, look, the romance between uh, Miles Morales and Peter Parker is just like, wow. Uh, But Key, uh, what do you think? Yay? Nay? From me, it's going to be a see it. As much as I feel like this is not quite a complete film narratively as they save so much for the sequel, I think it is still really fantastic and has pushed beyond the style of the last film so well and reaching new heights on that front. Like technically, really good, really worth seeing. This is pushing comic book movies in a really positive creative direction for sure and that's definitely something to be supported and to go out and see. Dick? So I'm in the camp of see it. It's definitely one of the best films I've seen in the last couple of years. And it falls into the same category of the first one where it is just amazing. Even with that little flaw for me, as we were saying in the dislikes with just that pacing issue, I am kind of like, does it ruin the film for me? Does it slow it down? No, it's, it's, it is still a see it. I loved it i couldn't 
be more positive about it. There, There is a couple of scenes in this film where it's Miles Morales speaking to his parents, in particular his mom, and there's just those kind of scenes, I think, really do capture a character and just kind of that emotion. And, you know, when I was at the cinema seeing this, I saw a lot of different types of families. You know, there was a mother and a father and uh, a couple of kids. Um, but there was a moment where I looked across and I saw a mother and a son. And the son kind of just like fully engaged, but the mother was kind of going, you, you to read a body language, just kind of tilting her head to go, oh, this isn't just a kiddies Spider-Man film. There was a, a real heart there. But my closing statement on this is it's spectacular. It's amazing. It's Spider-Man.